When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show. First one of the new season. It's been a minute since we've been here together with you and with Combo. Combo, absolutely fabulous to see you today. Talk to you this morning. I cannot wait to get into it. What's happening? I'm happy to be here, Coach Dick. You know, it's been a while since we've done one of these, and this feels like the beginning of the basketball season for us, the beginning of the NBA season. I know there has been... No preseason games, but we set the tone, Coach Nick. That's right. Well, listen, I've been this. This is probably arguably the worst offseason we've ever had in terms Ooh. of you know trades and, and free agent signings and, and deals. Like nothing really happened. When Benyama played a couple of games in the summer league, so we had a little. Blip I, was, there. I was I was in the building for that. You were there, yeah. and um, I was not sadly, but um, but other than that, like just not a lot going on, not a lot of content to be created, which. You know what? Sometimes it's nice to kind of have a month where you kind of relax a little bit, you know, work on yourself, uh, reflect. And uh, but guess what? Uh, out of the blue, a bomb drops. We don't normally have a trade like this, as far as I can remember, like this close to the new season. You know, they're going to training camp starts, I think, next week, uh, pretty for a lot of the teams. So you don't normally kind of have this kind of activity like that. Uh, but let's go over that real quick uh, or, or not so real quick. Damian Lillard. Finally gets his wish, gets traded out of Portland, and he goes to the Bucks, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise. Did you have? Uh, did you hear that at all uh, leading up to this trade? No, I didn't hear anything about the Bucks, and I thought it was interesting because when I first heard it, I was like, "Wow, Middleton, Giannis, Drew, and Dame." Because in the back of my head, I always thought about Drew as an untradeable player. So somebody actually like told, like it was word of mouth. It was old school the way I heard. So I'm like, "Wow, they have those four. Like, how'd they pull that off?" And then I then I was told that you know Drew was actually in the trade, which is not so surprising when you think about it because you do get Dame Lillard, one of the all-time great guards to ever play the game. Yeah, well, let's. I'm just trying to call it up right now so I make sure I know uh, get this exactly right because uh, Dame goes to Portland. Portland gets Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, and the Bucks' 2029 unprotected first-round pick, which is going to be probably pretty good. That's that's several years from now. Who knows what's going to happen at this point? Dame might be, you know, probably not in the league anymore. Giannis, you know, may not be with the Bucks at that point five years on. Um, and uh, that's that could be a, a good high pick, especially when it's unprotected. You don't normally see unprotected first-round picks move anymore, so that's impressive. Uh, and then the Suns got Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little and Keon Johnson. So what's interesting here is that the Bucs have lost two of their starters. I mean, we'll, we'll consider Grayson Allen a starter. Um, so they, they have some radical shifts to kind of deal with. And, oh, yeah, they got a new coach. Um, so what are your first thoughts on the Bucs and what they're going to be like? That's interesting you said they lost some starters because Jay Crowder is actually a starter-level player, and he'll probably play more this season. So um, I don't think they lost too much in that regard in terms of their like top five, right? Cause I think Jay Crowder will get some more minutes, but 
you know, I had a different take, and people are actually going um, at me at Twitter about this. I think Dame has a chance to be widely considered the best player in basketball after this season because I think his his style of play is tailor-made for the playoffs. His game is tailor-made for half-court situations, which we know are very prevalent in the playoffs, clutch situations, big moments. And if he could put up the numbers that he did last regular season in this year's playoffs, and then the Bucks actually eventually win a championship. I mean, we've had Batman Robin conversations about Chris Middleton and Giannis. You don't think we'll have those conversations about Damon Giannis? Well, you know, it just so happens that a video is coming out almost when we're done with this live show, as soon as I can get my computer to stop lagging, uh, where I've broken down like the real reason that they did this trade and what the value is, because it's not even really like X's and O's per se. Uh, it was, I always felt that Giannis needed a, like a ball dominant guard like that, like a Dame to play alongside. Um, prob- primarily because Giannis isn't that person. And so down the stretch of most of the games over the last four years, he's not like handling the ball, really. Although there were moments in the Miami series where he did run pick and rolls with the, as a ball handler, and they were he was throwing lobs to uh, um, Brooke Lopez, and it was killing them. But then they go away from it primarily because he doesn't want to get fouled necessarily to shoot free throws. Uh, they really can zag under when they have to, and then he doesn't, you know, the, the jump shot's not there. So um, it, it really made sense to me. Like the, the mistake I thought like James Harden made when he went to Brooklyn, I think that should have been the thing where he got to the, the Bucks. That seemed to me a better position where he would have been that that kind of guard would have played alongside Giannis really well. So now we get Dame, which is, you know, in that same version of that or maybe even more efficient to some degree when he's yeah. healthy. Um, yeah. that, that is the thing. And we talked about this before because down the stretch when you have to have Chris Middleton, who I love, right, 3 and D, um, you know, really just a really good player. And, but he's just not really that guy that should be running pick and rolls and running your offense with, you know, two and a half minutes to go in a tough playoff game. It, you know, he should be the guy attacking off the catch, working off of somebody else who's creating an advantage for him. Here we finally have it. Um, and, and they had it, you know, cost them drew. Yeah. I mean, and Middleton did a good job of that. Like, you know, half court precision in points in the playoffs, because we know that's not Giannis's strong suit, but, if he had such, you know, great times with Giannis working in the half court, I mean, think about what Dame could do, right? Because this is really Dame's game. And like a phenomenal ISO player, phenomenal in the pick and roll. Like, this is going to be great. I know a lot of people around the league are saying, like, there's probably no better match you could think of than Giannis and Dame in terms of the best players in the league. I agree. Now, here's one caveat we can, you know, pee on the parade a little bit, is that none of these guys, Middleton, Giannis, and Dame, have played – uh, you know, full seasons for yes, years yes. now. Uh, it just turned out, though, I might have to change the voiceover really quickly because it turns out that they they sat Dame down to get a higher the, uh, higher odds for the higher draft pick. So this calf injury, I was looking through it because it's like he only played, I think, 58 games last year. I was like, what's going on? I was looking at his injury report and it was like calf. I'm like, I was almost going to reach out and figure out like, what is this calf? Is this a lingering thing? And it turns out that it's just sort of whatever, you know, they made up to, to allow him to sit so they, you know, they would lose more of those games. So that 58 games last year for Dame is it, there's an asterisk around that. It's, it probably would be, I don't actually I'll look how many games he sat at the very end. It's probably 10 games, I think. So it should be closer to like the 70. Let me tell you real quickly. I'm kind of curious. I didn't look this up yet. So he he sat for the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight, 10. Exactly. So let's just call that yeah, it would have been 68 games. But again, that's, you know, you know, a full season is 70 games, 72 games in my mind. So Middleton hasn't been able to do it and he's not any younger. 
Dame is not any younger. And although, again, remember, Dame got surgery before last year for an abdominal issue that he had been that had been plaguing him for years. And he that and as a result, look what he did. He lit it up, scored over 30 a game, and looked like the you know the prime Dame. Um, and then by the way, Giannis has also been banged up a lot. So that's an interesting issue that they're going to have to deal with, uh, especially because the league is now going to mandate some version of where you can't just rest them so much uh, willy nilly. You have to; they're going to have to play. It's fair to say that Dame's in the tail end of his prime, but last season was his second or third best season statistically in his entire career. Now, obviously, the team success wasn't there, and he didn't play um, the end of the season, but he was phenomenal statistically. So he does have some good years ahead, I think. Yeah, I mean, a couple, I think. Let's see. Right now, he just turned um, – let's see here. His age is um, – where is it? Uh, he's 33. He just turned 33 in July. So, you know, that's still pretty young. But, you know, he's been in the league for a while now uh, in a way. Like, what's it, nine years or ten years? So he's he's on that edge. And, again, I'm a little bit worried about it, but um, I just hope that they can figure out how to manage that. Uh, now, the problem here is that Drew Holiday – at many times is a lockdown defender and there aren't any lockdown defenders anymore, but he'll be a lockdown defender, really mm-hmm. hound players, really yeah. cause problems. And listen with Dame and his, when he improved his abdominal muscle issue, he moved better defensively too. So he's not necessarily a guy that's going to kill you on a defensive end from the buck standpoint. He, he is, is fine. And especially if he's going to let you up for 32 points on the other end, he might give up. 12 or 13 on some some issues on defensively, but that's a t- that's what you'll take. Uh, but I don't know how they're gonna replace that. Now, Middleton was also that guy who was a fantastic defender, but doesn't, you know, was struggling so much with defense with uh with uh, his body that his defense wasn't nearly as good. So they have to hope and pray that he is healthy. To be honest, it's the same way. So the question here is, you know, who who starts now alongside Dame? I I, I don't know if it's gonna be Crowder. I it might be Connaughton. I think that's the guy they're gonna start, don't you think? I do think Jay Crowder brings a level of toughness that maybe nobody else outside of Portis or Giannis or Dame. They're all tough, but he brings that level of toughness that is much needed on this team. And I think he he can actually start. You know, you have your core base. You have Giannis, Middleton, and Dame. I think you figure that out, you know, as we approach the season. But I would really like to see, like, obviously something with Bud and Jay Crowder wasn't working because they gave up a good amount to get Jay. And then he doesn't hardly play at all. Like that didn't really make sense. So hopefully Jay could like step in there and he's not the defender Drew is, but he could guard multiple positions and help this team on defense. So I think he's going to be a big piece for them. I wanted to take a second to tell you about how fun it is to download prize picks and discover how much fun it is by making skill-based real money fantasy sports entries. And best of all, you're only competing with yourself. PrizePix offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions including Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I love that you can choose two or more players from any sport, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. I went bold this weekend by picking Kirk Cousins to throw for more than 275.5 yards, go Vikes! And Justin Fields, less than 184.5 yards, bear down. And will add a whole new level to my game-watching experience as I hope some of these guys throw that ball down the field a lot. Go to prizepicks.com CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com CLNS. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, I mean, he's 33. 
And uh, so you have to wonder if, you know, if he's getting a little bit longer in the tooth. But yeah, I've always liked, he's a tough player. Defensively, he's been, he might've gotten a little bit better uh, reputation than he is actually as a defender, but he, he's solid. And I, I, I do not like his jump shot mechanics, but I can't argue the fact that he has been able to find moments in his career where he's been really good from behind the line, which is going to be important for them. They need that spacing. But if you look at the, you know, his, the game logs, yeah, it kind of looked like they were saving him, um, you know, for the end, you know, end of the season, he got traded to Milwaukee on the ninth and, um, or just before the ninth, you know, didn't play in a bunch of those games at the beginning, but then he got some serious run, kind of shut it down. But then you're right. It was a little bit strange where he, you know, he got 11, 15, 13 minutes, didn't play at all in game four and then 18 seconds in game five. So, you know, I think that, I think it fell apart from Milwaukee by the end of that year. I think everybody needed a change. Certainly, you know, the coaching thing was an interesting thing because, you know, in reality, like that, we talked about this before. So if the, if you're Giannis or Bucks fans, just, you know, don't get too excited. But remember, they were down 2-0 to the Nets when they won the title. Uh, it, it wasn't happening. They were not going to be able to beat them. And they almost still didn't, they, they one inch and they lose to them anyway in game seven. So, you know, some for however Kyrie gets hurt, we don't need to go into the details. Uh, that happened. But all the issues that were around them, when they would have lost in that series, let's say, and not won a title, they were still there the next two years. And so it was time to kind of move on. And obviously there's a ticking clock for Giannis who would want to demand a trade or bolt if they didn't do something uh, you know, significant. What did you make of that whole all-star pick thing? Did you see that little video that came out? What, that um, Giannis picked Dame before? I yeah. think he picked up before Drew, right? He picked him number one. Yeah, he picked the number one. Yeah. Which is a little yeah. strange because, you know, um, I don't watch mm. that stuff normally, but in my mind, you have a lot of other players <laughs> that you might pick before before Dame. I mean, everyone's amazing on that stage, but, um, you know, there's guys like Duran out there and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I guess they're cut from the same cloth. You know, they were overlooked during points of their career. Obviously, Giannis was overlooked for, you know, reasons he developed a little bit later and he was overseas playing like second division. So, I mean, that's kind of obvious. But Dame always had that chip on his shoulder going to a mid-major, being overlooked. Um, so, yeah, I think they are cut from the same cloth, and they, through the, they rose through the ranks of the NBA in a similar way, just being overlooked over time and being that underdog. So I could see why they would connect. Yeah, and so in, in the video, I have some really cool stats I'm going to bring up, uh, one of which was, you know, the Bucks have never really been elite as a pick-and-roll, in the pick-and-roll ball handler uh, category. And that's primarily because, you know, they have, you know, Drew and Drew and Drew was solid. He was good last year with that, but it's he doesn't command the kind of uh, gravity that Dame does. Uh, right. Middleton didn't play hardly, played, I think, 33 games. So he didn't have as big of an effect, but he and he is good, but he's not doesn't strike fear in the heart of any you know defenses. Uh, Giannis would do it. And again, they would sag and it would become a problem. So this is going to be shored up immediately by having Dame run the majority of their pick and rolls. And now you can get Giannis. I mean, again, we'll see Giannis playing more of that center role that you know screening rolling uh, vertical lobs all that stuff uh which is where he should be you know uh it, it does become a distraction and the problem when you know you, you you have those guys that don't have spacing at all and they they really you know will back off on you and clog the lane um that said Giannis has figured out ways to battle that as well by getting ahead of steam and then you know hopefully not charging into anybody and actually finishing but that happens too where uh there was that whole series against the heat you know, there's these confounding charges that he would just go flying in there as fast as he can, as hard as he can, unaware of the defense. So I think Dame smooths all of that out uh, in, in a hurry. The other issue that I think they had was in the clutch. And again, that's the same issue we had with, you know, relying on guys like Drew and uh, Chris Middleton to have to kind of be the, the head of the snake on the offense 
um, because you know Giannis was worried about getting fouled and he didn't he can't stretch the floor. Dame is clearly one of the great all-time clutch performers we've ever seen. It's uncanny how often he's been able to hit shots, regular season, postseason, whatever you name it. Uh, he's proved it to me at least that he is that guy um, among the greats, and that will also solve uh, those big problems they had. Yeah, and that was to my point. Like that's why I think. <laughs> When this season is all over and the Bucks do have a chance to win a championship, and if they do win a championship, I think we're going to be having that Batman Robin conversation because, you know, Dame's stats could be really gaudy, and on top of that, you know, he's going to have the moments, he's going to have the big shots for them to win. He's going to have to hit some big shots, and everybody's going to remember those. Can you see that as well, where Dame emerges as like people are talking about who's their top guy? Can you see that happening? Wait, I'm sorry. See that happening with Dame with what doing what? That people are starting to talk about Dame as maybe being the Bucks' top guy and the best player in the league. Oh, yeah, doing. right. Yeah, no. That I mean, yes, that could happen. Um, yeah, for all those reasons, for the stats, because yeah, I would anticipate him. You know, really putting up some good numbers. Uh, you know, is exactly. this the best team he's been on? Like probably, right? I mean, he was on a conference yeah. finals team that had um, Lamarcus Aldridge, who you know is in a different way. It's not like Giannis, but is a big man he played alongside that really was terrific in the post and could shoot the midi. You know, yeah. the thing that Giannis doesn't do that well. Um, so, so he's had some moments there, but it's always sort of been Dame carrying a lot of that load. So I'm excited to see him in this mode where it's probably the perfect time in his career where he's he's getting toward the end, but he still has a lot of that that prime juice left. And um, but he but he also doesn't have to use it all because he's got some support, um, you know, but I, I would think that my prediction would be that Middleton, if he's healthy, do we I, I haven't heard anything to, to, to the contrary. I'm assuming he's healthy. I think Middleton will be the guy that's going to really flourish. I think he's going to find a lot of, uh, you know, Dame is really great at, at firing passes for corner threes. And, uh, you, and, could, and you could even passes. go you could even go Dame Middleton pick and roll. Pick and pop. Yeah, yes, yes. Or, you know, listen, you could do a Giannis Dame pick and roll. That Dame screen. Oh, yeah. Him, you know, yeah, I, although, I, you know, interestingly like that is that um, you have to be careful about the, the health of your players. You don't want, you know, Dame screening a big guy, you know, because they're going to go through him and you can he can get hurt. Right. So you have to be careful. Oh, about yeah. Him. I was more thinking of Middleton setting a screen for Dame as the primary ball handler. Oh yeah, all those things. But I always love it when we mix it up, right? And the guard yeah. screens for the other guy, right? That's like Jamal, all like Jamal Murray and Jokic. That was phenomenal. You know yeah, what's interesting yeah. about you know what's interesting about that? Jamal Murray will do five like things for the betterment of his team, but Anthony Davis doesn't want to play the five. Think about that. It kind of yeah, shows. Well, where, hey. It kind it kind of shows where their mentality is. Like do whatever it takes to win. Listen, I'm going to give Anthony Davis the benefit of the doubt. He he's gotten over that whole uh, avoiding the five thing. I think he got. He certainly was playing it all last year. Um, I think that's part of the reason they got Christian Wood this offseason. Okay, well, all right, but he seemed to embrace it well enough in the last year, so it, it didn't seem like I didn't you know didn't hear as much about the complaining of it. So and listen, you can take a flyer on Christian Wood. He's a very talented player, so you you, yeah. you could Wood anyway, right? Uh, but but I, I really wish we could figure out what's the issue there because. You know, Christian Wood deserves, based on his play, his talent. To, you know, he should have a, a a solidified role somewhere and not be bouncing around like this. So, hopefully, he can figure that out. And you know, there are times when you've seen that with players who, when they get alongside like LeBron and AD, yeah. like they, they do look a lot better. And that, yeah. all that. So that I would anticipate that being interesting. Let's talk about um, let's talk about Portland for a second because mm. I figured this out. I think that Portland might have come out the best of anybody in this. They might have. They might have raised themselves up higher than anybody else. Because remember, the Bucks were already 
you know, number one seed. They won 58 games last year. By the way, I had forgotten that. Did you know that they had won? They were number one. I mean, they were, they, they, you know, the Heat were eight and they were number one, but I just kind of had forgotten they got close to 60 games, 60 wins. Yeah, they had a great regular season. It's interesting what you're saying. Yeah, it's interesting what you're saying about Portland, but I mean, Drew is going to get moved, so it'll look a little bit different. I don't think they're in win now mode. Everyone is saying that Drew's going to get moved, um, but I don't. I don't know. Do we? I mean, I guess it makes sense in, in terms of the timeline they're on. But if you think about who they have, I mean, you can go um, Simons, Scoot. Uh, I really want to see Simon, Scoot, and Drew on the court together. That'd be really fun. And then you can throw like you know Shaden Sharp and um, and uh, uh, Aiton, you know, or or Jeremy Grant and Aiton. Like that. They, that's a that's a pretty good team, right? Or Scoot comes off the bench, and then you have you know um, Simons and uh, Drew starting in the backcourt together. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, you I wouldn't take Scoot off the bench. Oh, I see. You know, yeah, listen. Give, give 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 Scoot give Scoot the keys right away. I think. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him. Maybe it, you know, be nice. But that that's probably the reason why you're saying they got to trade Drew because you know. But then again, would Drew want to come off the bench? Like, yeah, he might not want to do that either. That's no. what I'm saying. Like, it's not the right fit for Drew. I don't think he's at that mode where he wants to be player coach type mode, like Derrick Rose. Like, he's not there yet. I don't know. He, Drew is a, is an interesting cat. And I, I don't know if we can figure. I don't know if we can apply like the typical mindset uh, of a player to him. I feel like he's just an interesting, different guy. Uh, you know, like he might like Portland. I don't know, but you're probably. Uh, listen, I, I, it's got to be. You can't. You, you have to be. The credible take would be seventy thirty. He's getting traded, right? But you know what? Yeah. They were very patient with the trade for Dame. They know what they want. They're not going to settle for less than they can get for players. So it might end up where they don't get a great deal and they don't do it now. And somebody in the comments was saying, oh, and speaking of which, if you want your question put up on the on the, uh, on the the big board and we'll answer it for you, uh, Super Chat's the way to go over on YouTube. It helps us keep the lights on uh, and we'd really be appreciative and we'll give you a lot of love. So if you want to do that, uh, that's how you'll do it. But I did notice in the comments someone was saying that Drew, would, would he fit in, like in Boston? Now, Boston got rid of um, Marcus Smart. And, uh, and as I have been saying, they needed to do for several seasons now. Uh, they're going to put all their hopes on Malcolm Brogdon, but I have a feeling that, yeah, Drew would certainly fit into that rotation really well. He sure would, and I don't know if Brogdon's going to be long for the Celtics and they lost Marcus Smart, but Drew could almost help any NBA team, right? Like, he's just that type of player. If you put Drew Holiday on a basketball team, he's going to make them better. Is that what the Blazers want right now? Do they want to be great right now? I don't know. I think Aiden fits that timeline, and I think they are... I don't want to say tank mode, but they're definitely in a rebuilding mode. I guess, but they've never really done that. They've pretty much been competitive throughout. They're the like, season, they're like, know? they're like, they're like from the Pacers Heat archetype where they don't really want to tank. I, I, I believe that's what. The, yeah, I don't think that they're they're in that. They they would do that like you know, like the, what Philly did, you know, or what other teams have done. I don't think that they, that's what they're like. So I do feel like they always sort of had this thing that they want to compete and be competitive. And they have been like, you know, it's funny. I thought they went to two conference finals into one, but in the Dame era after the, um, I don't think he made it in the first year he was there, but uh, you know, they went, they got the conference semis, first round semis, first round, first round finals, first round, first round. So like, and they were competitive and they, they were winning, you know, 50, 50 games in the high forties, you know? So I feel like that's, that's what they would want to do. Small markets. It's tough, you know, like that's a, a pretty good return, I think, as far as, you know, um, standards of winning and, and uh, culture uh, as you can get from that. So um, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know what the current, uh, you know, uh, mindset is in the front office, but um, they certainly have the ability to compete uh, with that team if they keep it together. 
Yeah, I think you experiment this season. You let Aiden flourish a little bit more on offense, which will give him more energy on defense. And we've seen really good Aiden in playoff series. Yeah, I know, you know, we look back at this last playoff series that he wasn't as great, but, you know, there's been times in the past he's been really good, and I think he could flourish here if you give him the keys a little bit more. Let's see what Scoot could do. We already know Anthony Simons could play. Um, Shaden Sharp is really interesting, one of the more athletic players in the league, a really interesting young prospect. So, Drew doesn't fit their timeline, so I think it would make sense to trade him, and I think that's going to happen within okay. the next few days. Yeah, but like Aiden might—I mean, Aiden still—he looks older than he is, so he's, he might be a little bit closer to their timeline. But um, you know, um, here, that's what's also interesting about what the Suns did. So, you know, I, I don't think anyone's going to argue with me that Aiden is better than Nurkic. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's way better. And so you're saying that the Suns didn't get enough for Aiden, you think? I mean, they want to save money, right? They they were able to cut that that salary. Uh, I got to yeah. check. I mean, when, when, I mean, when you're in contention mode, that shouldn't be your concern, right? Right, right. And, and you know, because you have a guy that got really, really pretty good defensively, uh, I think, in Aiden. And he certainly can score. He's got a nice midi. He's got some potent moves, you know, whatever. He's just a tough player. And he's he's better than Nurkic, so they're banking on the fact that they're going to be so good across the wings that like they they could get by with Nurkic, who again struggles to be healthy as well. So I, I'm a little bit you know so the, I think the point being that this Aiton had worn out his welcome in that Christian yeah, the top the top the top guys didn't want to play with him. I think that's what it was at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's that's just weird and too bad because a lot of times you can sort of figure out how to make that work. You realize what you have on the court, and that's really what's important if you can you know come to some mind meld where they can get along enough. But um, that is what's interesting. I, I, I don't know if I think that's going to help them. I don't think that they're any better from that. Now, the interesting thing about I've seen some other comments is, uh, um, you know, where Drew might go. And someone's like, oh, they might go to the Warriors, right? Well, I don't think that the Warriors have room to do that. But, like, I think the Warriors made a big mistake with what they did in the offseason. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, we both never agreed on the CP3 thing. I mean, if right. that's what you're talking about. But Sam put out something. Shouts to Sam S. Fandiari, friend of both of ours, friend of the show. He said that he wouldn't give up Kaminga and CP3 for Drew Holiday. I think that's a no-brainer for Golden State. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, know? you got again, it's the defense that they need really yeah. to be able to cover yeah. some things. And up. you want to you want to maximize the timeline of Steph and Clay, you know. Right. Well, I, I think the whole thing, like the, the trade that they made to get CP3 and trade Pool away, they didn't have to do it when they did it. They could have waited. They could have waited and gotten Dame. Who could have got a Dame? The Warriors. I they, mean, would they? Would, would, would they? Would the? Would Portland get as much in a deal? With, I guess it could be a three-team trade. So you. So they like, could have yeah. given them Pool, Kaminga, a first-round pick. You know, I mean, that's that's as good as what they got back. Yeah, I don't know if Pool kind of helps what they have now right like they already have all the scoring in the world and that's what pool does i mean okay uh all right so they could do they could do you know uh the other guys then uh they they, they had to get off pool like that's what they thought like it's right. either draymond yeah. or pool at the end of the day and draymond is a centerpiece right well so my concern would be having draymond and cp3 in the same team a hundred percent yeah that's an issue yeah, I, they might be excited about it, but I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. And I worry that, you know, now CP3 usually takes a couple of years to wear out his welcome or get people to get really frustrated with playing with him. Even though I will listen, CP3 is the gold standard for point guard play with bar none. Uh, but he's also at the end of his career. He's not the defender he used to be. Uh, he's not the offensive player he used to be. 
So, and, he, and I think he's insisting he wants to start. And I don't know if they've made that decision yet, but it's come up a couple times in the press in a way that someone's lobbying for this. And it probably is from CP3's camp. Um, and I would be concerned. I don't see how, I don't like that lineup of having Clay, CP3, Steph, uh, Wiggins, and, and Draymond as a starting five. That it, it, It's a throwback to like the um, Hampton five or the uh, whatever, that, the Death Star lineup. But um, that's the lineup you go to, to, you know, in certain spots of the, of, the, of the game to change the whole tempo and whatever. I don't know if you start with that. So, and that certainly ain't been a beat like Denver. Yeah, it makes no sense. Draymond and CP3 on the court at the same time makes no sense. But maybe it's a paradox of life. You know, sometimes when you do things that make no sense at all, they make total sense. The uh, paradox of life. I, you know, it's so nonsensical that it, it comes back around and makes sense. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'll have to see it. I'll have to be convinced. I'm saying that right now. I'm not convinced. Um, and I don't even know if they could trade CP3 anyway, if you're talking about doing some other deal there, but, um, but yeah, Drew would be a great fit anywhere, but you know, Celtics certainly would be a great one for him, uh, you know, to get back onto a team, uh, that could contend for a title. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's happening in Phoenix. Phoenix is the really big, you know, real question mark at this point right now, because again, you know, the Nurkic thing is, is head scratching to me. Um, and now you're talking, you got Beal, Booker, KD, am I missing somebody? Beal, Booker, KD. Yeah, I mean. Well, who's the starter? Nurkic? They, didn't they lose Okogie or is he still there? Okogie's still there. We're missing somebody who's pretty good, actually. Um, they signed somebody in the offseason. Oh, Gordon. Eric Gordon. Okay. He looked he look, he look good. FIBA Gordon looked good. He was dunking oh, okay. on people. Yeah, all right. You know what? It, it's a it's a few years too late. I wish he would have had this in the sixteenth season, but okay. <laughs> no, I know. I wish he would have got this opportunity like four years ago. Right. I mean, I they got Bobol, who I really think is, is great. Okogi is still there. That's good. Uh, you know, so they have you know, it's it's that classic where they have like that really top heavy, and then you know, the guys underneath they got in this year little in the trade. What I also like is a good you know a tough player. So they you know they they did bring in they they did shore some stuff up because when you have that top heavy. Uh, oh, and they got you to Watanabe? I forgot that. When did that happen? This oh, team has a huge oh, redundancy. Yeah. Uh, Look, this team, ha this team has obviously elite talent, but can the talent defy the fit? Because Beal, Booker, and KD, even if you talk to people around the league, they're essentially the same player. KD just happens to be seven foot, and that's what right. makes them an all-time great. It's going to be a real challenge to figure out how to make all that work, and Vogel will have his hands full managing all of that. But... Um, you know, a new voice in the locker room could help uh, in, in some degree. But, you know, and I, you like to say, well, it's a brand new coach, whatever. They're not, they can't win a title. But we've seen uh, uh, several times in the past uh, the first-year coach win the title in that in those years. So that's not an issue anymore. But guess what? We have our first um, Super Chat of the season. And friend of the breakdown, best friend of the breakdown, Braun, is always there with us. Thank you, thank you, Braun, from Canada. Uh, I think the talk on Nurkic's defense is overrated, even with Vogel. But if it means anything, he loves matching up with Jokic, his former teammate. They're former teammates. Uh, yeah, you know what? That would be interesting to look at that, the matchups one-on-one. -on -one. I want to get my eyeballs on that versus even just looking at the stats. A lot of times there's something, you know, you can get more just by watching it. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Nurkic is a good defender. You? No. And the question always is, can you guard anybody? Maybe. Can he guard everybody? No. I don't think he could play in the modern NBA when it comes to the playoffs. On top of that, he's a shell of his former self. Like he brings big toughness, yeah, but his body is just not the same as it used to be. No, well, that's absolutely true. He doesn't move. Now, again, maybe this offseason was kind to him and he got rejuvenated and got healthy. 
but uh, he doesn't move. I mean, he's not at the best of times. He's not like a, 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 a live, quick, explosive athlete anyway. But um, but I've always sort of been concerned like the defensive stuff. Now, he's, he's immovable down there. He can grab boards, which is another part of the defensive thing you always want to have. Um, so he might not like this, you know, it might not kill you, but it's like the difference between having somebody who can make plays. And I, I kind of felt like Aiden developed into that. He ended up being a guy that can make plays on the defensive end, but, uh, it, it got overshadowed by the issues with the coach. And, uh, and I think and, you're, I think you're disappointed that they moved off Aiden. That's what it sounds like coach. Yeah. I, and I have no idea why I'd be defending Aiden more than anybody else would be, but, um, it, it just seems like it, in that situation, when you have that, that kind of pressure on you with Beal and, and all those the top players, you know, you don't want to get worse. <laughs> you know, if you if you already have that, it's like one thing if a guy leaves on the free agency, you don't want to pay him because of the, of the uh, whatever. But they had him under contract. It was all set to go with whatever. And they they got they, they downgraded. I mean, Aiden is better defensively and he's better on the offensive side of the ball than Nurkic. The one thing Nurkic brings that Aiden doesn't is high level toughness. So maybe that's something that fits well with their best players and the team in general. Yeah, Nurkic has a bit of a passing, you know, uh, ability yeah. that Aiden has. Either, you know, Aiden is always in the receiving end of that. Aiden is rarely getting like a post up where he's going to see cutters in any way. So Although, you, you, you think it's like you think he has like Bam's level of passing, maybe lighter than that? What do you think? Yeah, you know, maybe in, in that realm. I mean, listen, Bam is awesome at, at passing. Yeah. He's terrific, and he handles the ball out top in a different way. But Nurkic does have some of that gene for sure. Uh, and then, you know, certainly uh, Aiden does not. I, I mean, I would love to see Aiden post up some and take some pressure off of the eyes and get some of the focus on him where they can kick it out, even to make the easy pass out to Durant for a three or whatever. But um, but they they don't seem to want to do that either. And I don't think he'll get that many opportunities. There's just not enough balls to go around. Um, you the know, way, like that. the way the game is played today, I don't think like your Aiden's going to get most many post touches, right? Like, first of all, it clogs the lane if he's not super efficient. And it just doesn't make sense for their team's three best players. And he wanted to be featured, and he wasn't featured on this team. So, you know, yeah. you're right. He is better than Nurkic, and maybe they could have got more. But, you know, I guess the team just didn't want him anymore. I'm just kind of curious. Uh, last year, what his post-ups uh, were like, uh, Aiden. So, Aiden, um, you know, he posted up. Actually, he got 268 possessions in the post uh, out of uh, how many games did he play? It's not where I know it's here anyway. Uh, and was he efficient? Um of course, they don't have the rank. Why don't they have the rank? Come on, Synergy. Uh, anyway, uh, 0.970 on points for possession, which is probably not amazing. But why am I not able to see any of the uh, – sometimes this happens, right? They don't have the rankings uh, clickable. I don't know why. I'll, I'll see if I can figure it out. But anyway, not bad. 0.970. It's getting in the almost at 1.0. It's something that you could be worth doing. And they did it enough, but um, at any rate – uh, it didn't happen. They had, they moved on, they downgraded that position and they have, you know, they got other guys in there that can play some defense. Remember well, all you need around the other three, uh, are just, you know, tough nosed defenders, guys who can shoot a little bit on the catch and shoot when they're open. Cause they'll, yeah, they're going to get, uh, uh, open shots. Uh, but you know, I, I'm going to have to wait and see on this one, you know, whether or not, uh, Vogel can get it all in, in shape in a season or not, but I don't, I don't feel it. Um, and again, and the warriors too, I think they, they could have done better. They, they probably could have gotten drew. And, and they could have been like the third team in this too if they hadn't done the CP3 trade. Uh, mm. I think they could have probably figured a way to do, get involved in that. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, who is the real contender? I guess it's it's the Nuggets have to be the guy uh, people we, we favor. Yeah, I mean Bucks, Nuggets, Celtics. Yeah. Now the Bucks are an interesting thing. I think that things have to go right for the Bucks to to really you know make it happen. Uh, but I can tell you one thing. I said in the video, uh, I will be tuning in to watch Dame and Giannis play together. 
Oh, I'm sure you'll have some videos on deck for that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to fire up the league pass and watch it. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be exciting. Oh, and then, you know, we have uh, there's a new deal with playback uh, and league pass. So we'll be doing some live games, right? Right, Combo? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So you guys got to make sure you, when you're out there yeah, to come tune into those. And I'll be putting up the links on the um, in the community chat and all that stuff uh, in the videos because um, it's a great way to watch a game together. And we can all watch it together on the screen. And then, um, you know, you guys can come on the show and talk if you want and, and weigh in and we give some real time analysis. It's a really cool, much better way to watch it than a lot of the times when you're trying to what, listen to the normal commentators. What were your thoughts when James Harden said Daryl Morey was a liar? Um, well, I suppose he was speaking from the heart and he probably felt like Daryl Morey had said something to the effect of, yeah, don't worry, we'll trade you. And then he had to tell him that he wasn't going to trade him. Now that's not necessarily a lie. The, 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 the real response was, Hey, we really, really tried. There was just no good deals at all. We couldn't afford to do those, you know, and so we can't make it happen. That's not a lie. I mean, necessarily, right? Would you think that's a lie? Well, if he promised, we will trade you. No, I, I, maybe he said, I promise we're going to do our best to trade you. Like, I, who knows how he said that? But because I hope he didn't really say that because Maury would have known for sure. Like, you know, he, he wasn't going to do it. It wasn't a good deal. At, so, the end of the, at the end of the day, we, we don't have enough information. We don't have enough information, but I suspect that, yes, if, if you had to surmise what was going on, it was something related to the fact that Maury said something that he interpreted as a promise of a trade. And then when they came back to him and they said, we're not going to trade you, that felt like a lie to him. Where I could say, you know, I, I could easily see it being, well, you know, they tried and just like, you know, they had never, they have their interest in the, the Sixers. That's the team they have to protect and, uh, and, and, and work for. And if they can't get in a good enough deal. Now, you know, was there anywhere else that Harden could go that would be a better situation for him? I don't think so. No, absolutely not. He has his best chance to win a championship with the Sixers. And I would say, Kelly Oubre, he could be that Andrew Wiggins. He could be that Aaron Gordon, that talented guy that could take a team to the next level. I, I got to find, I had made a Kelly Oubre fan club uh, card that I was the only member of, um, you know, probably. Oh, he's great. Years ago. He's great. 20 point scorer, crazy athlete. I mean, yeah. I think the thing about him is that he had his time with the Warriors and it didn't really work out. So people feel he's a good stats, bad team guy. I wouldn't agree. People have called Zach Levine that people have called Devin Booker that. And sometimes it's an unfair title. It, sometimes it is, uh, and, and, but I, I don't, I'm not going to argue. Like I get it. I get why they might feel that way. I'm scrolling to see if I can find the picture uh, of the Kelly Oubre fan club. Uh, I did. I, I worked on it. I actually went to got into Photoshop. Um, yeah. And it was around the Warriors times where it was just like, he just needed to break through one little bit more and like really just get solidified and he'd be really solid, you know, seventh man off the bench. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't think that he's, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see if that if that does anything. They, you know, the Bible I think was a, an issue where I, I just really love the way he plays and, and fit in. And it's too bad they don't have him anymore. As a result, it's one of those other reasons why Portland could be very tough. You know, he and, and Thibel shot really, really well from three point land with, alongside Dame. So um, you know, I think that there is uh, that would be a, a loss that they need to figure out how to how to also make up for because. Uh, of that. Now that said, he wasn't stretching the floor like he wasn't in, in Portland, so that was another issue. Uh, and there could just be some fundamental issues uh, that I don't know if Nick Nurses can can solve. Maybe he can. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they just needed a different look, and Nick Nurse is definitely a very smart coach on the offensive side of the ball. 
So I do think that that could help uh, mix things up. And I hope James Harden realizes that the Sixers are his best chance to win a championship. I don't really know the reason why he doesn't want to be there because he didn't get along with Doc and Doc is out. Yeah. Now, part of it could be now because Maury lied. But even before Maury lied, he didn't want to be there. Right. Yeah, he wanted to trade. Uh, you know, he's a wandering soul. I, I think he tends to think that maybe there's always something where it better and another a funner place to be. The grass is always uh, greener. I guess. I, I just I, hard to explain in any other way. You know, you know what's kind of cool, by the way, in your photo apps these days is if you uh, search for text in your photos on the iPhone, it will read. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And then you can copy and paste that text. I don't know. I'm looking for Kelly and I don't see it. God darn it. I know I made a really cool Photoshop, Kelly Oubre. Um, we believe you, Coach yeah. Nick. We believe you. Yeah. So, yeah, that could be something there. Uh, and that would be, uh, you know, uh, a wonderful turn of events if he could be uh, a guy that turns things around. I was hanging out a little bit with Tobias Harris this summer and watching him work out. And uh, he's Tobias he's, Harris over me. Yeah. Well, he was a little closer. Who said that? Who said that? He was a little closer. Jimmy Butler. Tobias, oh, that's right. Okay, I forgot about that. Is that what he said? Is that the exact quote? Tobias Harris over me? Yeah. Yeah. Walking, walking, walking back after a big victory. Right. But and by the way, that that was a mistake. Uh, right, the Sixers made. They they had a nucleus there that really probably you know as Jimmy Butler has proven. How many times has he gone to the finals now? Is it just twice in the last three years? Jimmy Butler's different. Jimmy, you know he was different. But I was watching some of the footage of the first round when they beat the uh, Bucks. And different player. Something happened to him in between the first round and the finals. He got injured versus the Knicks. But like they, but no one would say what it was. I don't. And do we ever? Yeah, really because he because he doesn't because he doesn't want to make excuses. But he was right, hurt. right. So I, I wonder. So yes, that is whatever that is. He was a different player. He was just not. Uh, he was uh, elevating. He was going to the hole hard. He was doing all these things that would. Have I really know he he was at the rim and would throw a pump fake for no reason. I, I saw what he was doing. He was hurt. Yeah, hurt. Oh, I guess maybe we'll never know. But yeah, uh, although Jimmy also wanted to light him up for the trade uh, to, to get Dame to the Milwaukee, saying that some tampering going on. But don't forget, it is legal for players to talk to each other and, and recruit each other. That's not a problem. So he's trying to think. I mean, I don't know what the tampering would have been because, you know, first of all, surprise, it goes to the Bucks. That might have been part of it. He might have been pissed that he came, he's coming to the uh, East. But, um, you know, making the Bucks that much harder to deal with. Um, but I can't picture like the, you know, the bucks would have had to gone to Dame and said, Hey, do you, would you play for us if we trade for you? I said, that must be what he's thinking. Yeah, that could have happened. I heard that Giannis wasn't even involved at all. It might've all happened very quickly you because, know? you know, I think part of it was that if the trade doesn't go through and Giannis knows they were trying to trade drew drew would know they're trying to trade drew and it wouldn't be good for the team. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's good to keep those things on the low and just handle business as the front office a lot of times. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, in the comments, Harden was also promised that he was going to get paid uh, after he took a pay cut last year. Um, is I that guess, a, is that official or is that inferred? I mean, it could be part of it. It sounds, you know, yeah. I guess as an extension that he thought he's going to get paid more uh, on the back end after giving it up in the first. But but uh, that in my way that makes sense too, because uh, in theory, you know, Harden might have been a little bit more. Um, uh, understanding uh, of if they came back and said we just couldn't get a good trade for you, he might have not thought that was a lie. But he, but if it's talking about money, then yeah, that would be something else as well. So I, I kind of, I don't always focus on all that stuff as much. I hear it, I see, you know, I saw the quote, but I don't tend to de do a deep dive. There's only so much in my brain I can have for like X's and O's. By the way, speaking of X's and O's, you know, I, I invented a new defense, right? 
Yeah, you play behind. I do it. I do it when I play pickup ball these days. Right, it just happens. Whoops, yeah. But you no, know, you do it on purpose. Yeah, I do it on purpose. Yeah, it messes with their head a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I, I did a video on this a few weeks ago. I've done 40 zooms with coaches around the world now who all want to run it and breaking it down and spending all the time how, what, the, what the drills are to teach it and build it up. I'm traveling to Missouri. Uh, Would you consider yourself a consultant? Sure. I, I, I consulted, hence I am a consultant, I suppose. Yes. You know, That's I, really I am. cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I listen, that. I mean, I've consulted with uh, other people too. So um, I'm going to Missouri to an, an NAIA school that won the national championship, I believe, last year in their division one uh, of, of that level. Uh, I'm going to help them put it in. And then I'm going to go to New York to, oh, I'm going to be in New York combo. Oh, we got to record totally a pod. Wait, wait, wait. You got to come on combos court in person. Absolutely. So I haven't gotten my ticket back. And it's all a series of one-way tickets because it's all like going to different cities across the, the country. Uh, I'm going to be in New York at Queens College. They're going to run it, and they got a serious team. So my defense is going to look amazing. They, uh, seven well, four, they got these six six wings. That are I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be there. So do you know where Queens College is? Is that near you? I, I live in Queens. Oh, so it must be near you. Uh, I'll be there. And then uh, I almost had another uh, school want to do it. And I was really, uh, but they're not, they're not going to do it. It's, you know, it's a leap to go to a play a zone where you're playing behind uh, is a big thing. Now here's a little quick, I'm going to, I'm going to drop this in the you know, 44 minutes in. So not everybody hears it just yet, but um, here's something that might blow your mind combo. You ready? Yep. You can play behind the ball in any zone and almost nothing changes. Hmm. That's interesting. So think about that two, three zone. There's no reason why. Now, not in the corners. We don't play because you know the sideline, the baseline, already whatever. But imagine on the wing on top, you could just get behind. Everything is still the same. The other four players are in their same positions, and they're still you know the center is containing. So um, you can now imagine this. You can play defense where you switch from regular mode to like chase mode in the middle of the possession. Think about how much havoc you can cause uh, to an offense when you do that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's progressive. Yeah. So that's what I got out of doing all these zooms is one of those things. But um, I'm not going to tell you some of the things we're worried about that the offense could do that could hurt you. But um, for now, we're I'm anxious to see it. And there's already a coach in Scotland that's done it three or four games, sent some footage over. He doesn't play in the first half. He plays it in the second half. And they're losing in the first half of all these games. He puts the chase defense on the second half, and they just win going away. And the other teams cannot handle it. It's like a kind of like a high high school level. I would say like – if a guard has a great floater, that could be an issue for that defense, right? You want them to shoot any kind of floater, any kind of mid-range, just put a hand up. That's all you care about. Just put okay. a hand up. The, the highest percentage they're going to shoot is 45%, maybe. And if they're going to shoot 43%, you don't even need to barely break 30% on the other end for your threes, and you're going to win 7 out of 10 times. So you want every floater and you want every mid-range pull-up you can get. Just you know, with the hand up, that's all. And, that, and that's what we look, we're luring. Um, of course, we, we talk about this. What if they drive, kick, skip, pass, pass? Like, what if that happens? I'm like, well, if that happens against any defense, they're going to get a wide open shot. But I don't think these uh, teams are going to be disciplined enough to do that. They're going to take the bait because at any moment, at any one of those passes, any one of those catches, we're going to be getting behind you. You're going to just start driving. And it's going to, you know, at any moment, two players in any team at every level uh, are, are guys that are not really great on the drive. And they're going to take the bait and they're going to be a dribble and a half in the middle of their drive and realize, oh, this is not good. There's like, I'm surrounded. I'm being hounded. I'm the guys trying to knock the ball from behind for me. Um, I think that that's going to cause a lot of havoc. And then, you know, there are moments in the corners where you can be trapping. It's, it, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to get more data, but so far, so good. Uh, and everyone's been really into it. So I think uh, we're, we're starting a little bit of a revolution here. And if you're a coach out there who wants to learn how to run it, email me. 
uh, Coach Nick at bballbreakdown.com, and we'll set up a Zoom, and I'll, I'll talk to you. I, I've done every level, every gender um, uh, of, of player and uh, of basketball, and uh, it's been great. I, I went out. I was in San Diego, and I worked with a, a, like a 10th-grade uh, girls' high school team, and it was so fun. We were outdoors. It was great. So I, I'm, I, I do everything I can to either be there in person or do Zooms and, and walk everybody through it. Sounds great. Looking forward to learning more, and I'll be in the building in Queens. All right. I'm cool. invited. Cool. Be careful what you wish for. It's going to be pretty quick. Uh, it's happening. Uh, I'll be there in, uh, you know, middle of October. Oh, I'm here. So, and can, by the way, it's October already, basically. Yeah. Sun- Anyhow. Well, I think we covered everything we had to cover for today. That was fun, man. It's great being back in the building, the virtual building. It is. It is always great chopping up with you. Great conversation. Thank you, Braun, out there for the super chats. I know people will come back in the super chat side too to help us keep this show going. Uh, it really helps everybody. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, and then thank everybody for being here. A nice, a nice crowd for uh, a Friday after Friday morning, Friday afternoon. We're the wave, Coach Nick. We're the wave. All right, let's keep it going. Let's keep it growing. Well, that's a good feeling. Keep it growing. Keep it growing. Uh, but combo, anything you want to plug before we go? Combo's Court Podcast. Wherever you podcast, what's a podcast? Podcast, uh, wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Oh, strike struck a deal with. Uh, I'm part of the Prize Picks family now, so you could put in promo code Combo, and they'll match you up to a hundred dollars. Be a lot of fun daily sports fantasy stuff going on. So, um, be on the lookout for that. You could catch me on Instagram at One Two Combo O N E T W O C O M B O. It's a sign how much I love you that I will allow you to push your prize picks code and not mine that I have on my deal that I just got. So, hey, <laughs> you need it. Uh, definitely use Combo. You, you got Combo. I have to use uh, CLNS for my code because of the deal we did for the company. But um, I think it's CLNS. You know what? I don't even know the code. Forget my code. Pick Combo's code. Get some uh, $100 you know, matching uh, cash deposit uh, on prize picks. Um, and you'll see that video, that ad in the video coming up. So please watch the Dame video. I'd like to go big if we can. Uh, I don't think I missed my window. I know yesterday was a big day. Everyone was talking about it, but I, you know, I, I have a laggy computer for some reason. So I'm going to get it out, uh, in the next hour or so. So stay tuned for that. Please be the first guys, people to watch it. And, uh, don't forget sports fans at people breakdown. We're not a channel. We're a conversation. You win. You win combo. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.